Welcome to Commerce Growth Lab, the community for commerce strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Franco Variano. This season, the podcast focuses on speaking with some of the most interesting and successful trendsetters, entrepreneurs, and leaders in commerce. Together, we'll dive into their unique stories, experience their highs and lows, and gain from their insights and experiences as they continue to shape this industry. It's just all about the content, creating new content, engaging with your audiences through social media with your content, developing the best content that's going to have real engagement. You know, it's not just enough just to write a bunch of blog posts and be on a blogging schedule. You want to have real engagement, real high quality backlinks, real social engagement, social shares, people visiting to your content, linking to your content, and etc. Today we're chatting with Ron Dodd, the co-founder and owner of Visitor, an e-commerce search marketing agency. Ron joins us to share his story, how he approaches e-commerce SEO, what merchants should focus on when launching a new brand, how to defend themselves in competitive industries, and much more. So let's get started. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Likewise, excited to have you on the show to share your story and insights around e-commerce SEO. But before we get into all that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where are you from and what did you study? Yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, so my name is Ronald Dodd. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, which is the capital, but it's a really small city. Um, from humble beginnings, both my parents uh, worked for the state. Both went to Florida State, which is a college down there, and then I went to Florida State, of course, and um, studied marketing. Really, really loved marketing, everything from branding to messaging, you know, everything in between. I loved it so much, I stayed a fifth year and got a master's in marketing, too, at Florida State, and then from there, I wanted to start a marketing agency because I saw Mad Men and I had to do that, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, right out of school, I just started a marketing agency. I was selling marketing plans, telling everyone they need to do web design, SEO, and social media. And then all of my clients were said, this is great, but I need someone to actually do the work and you do it. And that's why I started, you know, getting my hands dirty, doing SEO, doing paid search, doing social media, building websites for clients. And then 2014 or 2013, I'm sorry, I uh, started working for an e-commerce brand that got penalized by Penguin and their traffic and sales were cut in half almost overnight over the course of a year. And they tasked me with going to fixing their problems as an SEO expert. And I was able to correct the issues, you know, rewrite their thin content, make it a lot better, and uh, it reversed the penalty. They rose in their rankings for all their major keyword phrases, and it drove an additional $60,000 in revenue per month to the business. And then that's when I realized this is all I want to do. I want to do SEO for e-commerce businesses because I can track all the results. And so I see my work as very, very meaningful. And that's when I just started out you know, my company is called Rambella Marketing at the time, and we pivoted to just doing SEO for e-commerce. I spoke at Magenta Imagine in 2015, got invited to speak at maybe four or five employees at the time, and then I met my future business partner who had a paid search company that focused on e-commerce brands in Charleston, South Carolina, and then we decided, let's merge them together. You know, I'll do SEO, you do PPC, and we focus on the same target market. We sell two services compared to just having one. And then we did that. It worked out really well. We're a great team together. We've grown the business from about maybe nine or 10 employees up to about 30 right now. Maybe even 5,000 less, you know, and we're just trying to grow and do a good quality job for our clients, make them a lot of money, and, you know, uh, they'll continue our services. And we focus just on SEO and PPC for e-commerce businesses and helping them grow and acquire more customers online using search engines. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And before we dive into the business side of things, rewinding just a bit, how did your passion for marketing turn into a specialized e-commerce SEO skill set? How did you really start off and get into that industry? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. And it's kind of just one of those things that kind of fell in my lap. I think like when you start out, like everyone loves marketing and they think of like the old Mad Men days, right? When people are selling advertising and there's no metrics behind it. It's basically like, we'll run this ad and our sales will go up, right? You know, now marketing is just so much more quantitative where it's paid search. It's all about ROAS. It's every dollar spent. I want, you know, $5 in return. And so that's kind of when I started my career and, you know, we're doing a lot of things, but there wasn't a lot of quantifiable kind of results, you know, quantitative results behind it, right? We can really see like, okay, we built a new website. How's this impacting? business, right? But with SEO, it was. I could see the impact. I could see organic growth and keyword rankings and I could see results. And I think I'm just a really competitive person and I like winning and I like helping my clients win. And so that's why I liked SEO. I was good at it and it was able to get them a lot of good results and success. And I kind of just fall in love with SEO that way, just based on, you know, doing really good work for our clients, you know. And I think too, it's not just on the technical side too. Like the majority of the way that we focus on SEO is on the content developing amazing content that's going to attract high quality backlinks that's going to really separate our clients from their competitors you know so we've always kind of had a difference with the seo kind of work that we've done and so it's just worked out well for us so far so you gave us a little bit of the story around the launch of visitor through the story of teaming up with your partner but how did that really happen and come about yeah it's a great question you know when i first started my business i never wanted to have a partner you know i always kind of want to be a lone wolf just because i never want to put my like life in someone else's hands really you know my future is success First, like he kind of proposed the idea and it was more because he had no one running the company at the time and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to do all the work for, you know, 50% of the business, you know, and then it just kind of became a thing where it became friends and it took about six months before he decided to do it, you know, and then it became a situation where he's going to come and work in the business with me. So it's more about not really so much as like a monetary gain. It's just more like I have a friendship kind of bloomed and then uh, we decided to uh, merge the company together because we liked working with each other. We had a couple projects we we're working on together and we both had very similar visions for the company where we want to grow it. We like hanging out with each other. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, we're just able to, uh, another thing too, we have very similar mindset on the quality of service we give our clients. And so it's just really easy to merge the companies together because of all those factors. But um, it was definitely not an easy decision. It took about six months, and I don't think anyone should ever get in partnerships that are spontaneous or anything of that sort. It takes a long time to build these relationships. Yeah, that's great advice, and I completely agree. And so I'm sure it was a bit different for both you and your business partner since you each had your own companies before merging together. But if not at that point, then what was it like when you were first starting out in terms of some of the challenges around getting some of your first customers, especially in a niche space like e-commerce SEO? Yeah, it's a great question. First, when I started my business, honestly, I got all my customers through actually doing SEO. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, number one for like Atlanta SEO company and all these other major keyword phrases. And I was just really good at getting customers online. I was really good about pitching. I was good at sales. I had really enticing programs, enticing pricing and everything. And really, we've always just been focused on getting, you know, sales online through people just Googling. So we still do today. We'll get really high level, you know, caliber kind of clients just really just so I found you online. I Googled e-commerce SEO company and figured if you guys were there, then you know, you'd be a good company for me to utilize for our company. And it's about 60% of our business. And then as we've gone along, the partnerships are a big part of our business. So because we only do two services run target market, you know, we can kind of work with other clients, work with other partners and send business vice versa. You know, if they build websites, they do zero, they do UX and then trenches too. Um, it's a very small part of our business, but it's just a really good kind of branding, building partnerships and building relationships. So we do like IRCE, um, Magento Imagine, those kind of 
conferences. I'd say pretty much, I mean, it's always just been online. We develop a ton of content. We spend a ton and ton of money on paid search advertising. We're spending a ton of money on uh, creating content for our website. You know, we have marketing manager, we have content writers. Our investment in marketing is, you know, probably somewhere north of $15,000 a month just on content and paid search ads. So we're just working on developing our online brand and trying to acquire more customers using search engines online. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive into more of those tactics shortly. But at a high level, and just to frame for our listeners why some of the topics you just mentioned around content is so critical, I wanted to ask about how you've seen not only regular SEO, but specifically e-commerce SEO change over the years. Yeah, it's, it's always funny, you know, because SEO for the longest time, I mean, it really hasn't changed since 1996. Just whoever's the best content wins. There's a lot of things that have happened, like rank brain has been really crazy with usability. I see like some merchants who their only positive SEO asset is they just have a huge social media following and they're able to rank really high for crazy keywords like coffee, jeans, and these other keywords, you know? But I mean, so it's just come down to just whoever the best content wins. And we're seeing it now, just really great, interesting product lines are winning in Google, you know? And so it's just always been centered around that. Just having the best quality content, you know, has won. It does change pretty rapidly, you know, with rank branding usability metrics, that's been a pretty big influence. And now we're seeing that with voice search too, that's becoming popular, kind of the jury's out on it. I don't know how well it's going to do. I think it's going to, you know, kind of just be a blimp the radar, but, you know, we'll see how it transpires um, as it becomes more popular with mobile devices. And especially like e-commerce, e-commerce has been such an interesting place in the SEO field because it's so difficult. The competition is just out of control fierce. Because for an e-commerce business, the best way to kind of acquire customers is through search engines. So those real estate for those top 10 spots or main keyword phrases are just very competitive and they've been doing SEO for a very, very long time. So it's always been difficult, but I think the biggest change for e-commerce really is moving away from such more of a technical perspective. You have like Shopify, Magento, big commerce coming out and they're building a kind of SEO in the box almost to a certain degree where SEO back in the day for e-commerce is very much about let's fix all things that you did wrong during development process. And now it's just a lot more, you know, Shopify plus and big commerce, all these, you know, really big retailers are moving to these SEO in the box kind of platforms where there's not as many technical deficiencies as there were before. And it's really, I think, put a strain on technical SEO. You still have to go through the process. You know, the mainstay of what we do is in the content, the content creation, content distribution, content promotion. And that's where I think a lot of retailers are making a lot of really great returns in SEO is really focusing on content and making themselves different. And, you know, just getting back to how SEO hasn't changed that much. I mean, there was a company back in the day, probably like 2008, Will it blend? Is this company that made blenders? And so what they did is they were going to be funny and viral, and they basically took these blenders and they would blend the crazy stuff. They blend golf clubs, iPhone six asses, you name it. They blended and they made it into YouTube videos. It went viral. It's been working ever since like 2006. They've been using really great content to promote it, promote their products, and Google's been rewarding them for that for you know <laughs> 10 years or something along those lines. I definitely think it's a lot harder. There's very little of what I call like black hat or gray hat practitioners anymore. I think that's been tremendously cut down since Google started. I think that's one huge thing that Google has done. They basically almost made it impossible for any black hat or gray hat SEO. So now there's a lot of information. So <laughs> I'm going to stop on my ramble. Yeah, no worries. There's a ton of insights packed in there. And so to unpack some of that a bit further over the next few questions and dive into some more actionable tactics, if you were to launch a brand new e-commerce brand today, what would you focus on given that SEO is built in, in the box with most of these platforms and that content plays the more important role? 
And that's one of the hardest things when you're just starting off because they're coming into an industry and, you know, we talk to a lot of startups and you're generally coming into an industry where you're going to have competitors who have been doing this for 10 years. The expectations to go in and just beat them out day one is unrealistic and it's just not feasible. And to be honest, those guys are probably paying agencies like me to consult them. So it's always very, very competitive just starting out. And the thing that I always stress is try to be different than them. If you just go and do the same things as them, you're gonna have the same results, probably even worse because they're gonna have so much more authority in time that they've been around. So generally for startups, I really kind of stress more of like digital PR, trying to get really high organic backlinks that your competitors don't have. You know, creating thought leaders articles and getting them placed on your target audience's websites that they read and interact with. And just really trying to have some amazing content that can really separate yourself from the competitors because otherwise you're just going to be, if you're just worried about your title tags and meta descriptions, which you should obviously do, but your resources really need to be spent elsewhere doing things that your competitors aren't doing because that's where it'll get the most bang for your buck, especially if you're using something like Shopify or BigCommerce, which out of the gate has pretty good SEO. So when you say content that stands out or doing something different, is that videos, infographics? What type of content works best for e-commerce? I think with content, there's different types of content. You have blog content, which is pretty straightforward. Someone searching for like how to or what to do or kind of research query intent, meaning they're like looking for answers or something. That's a great way to write a blog piece that's going to ring for that keyword phrase and you know capture them as a viewer and then hopefully become a customer later if you sell like coffee. So let's say you sell organic coffee and you can recognize that a group of people are searching for like differences in organic coffee and regular coffee. That's a good time to create a blog centered around that title of you know what are the differences between organic coffee and regular coffee. And then you can use keyword research tools, go see like what people are searching for, you know, when they have those kind of keywords, like differences, how to, and those various research intents. I've seen companies do resource pages. So like, you know, here's how to install a XYZ lamp or something along those lines. Uh, that's really great for people who are searching for questions on how to like use products. I've seen a lot of kind of viral content, like social content, like how, you know, will it blend? I've seen a lot of studies and data that's put into infographics. So I think it just really gets back to like, how can you help provide your customers the most value? You know, are they searching for questions? Are they searching for like how to like use your products? Are they searching for what products to buy? Do you just want to like create an emotional connection with your customers through like funny content? You know, how are you going to really best suit your customer? And then you can always use tools, SEMrush and Google AdWords, you know, figure out what are people searching to be able to identify what type of content to create and how to rank for those keyword phrases. Or, you know, you can obviously use tools like ARES to go figure out like, you know, what's been the best content ever produced in the past. So like Buzzsumo or ARES, you can go in and put in certain keyword phrases in their content research little tab. And then you can see like, what are the best pieces of content that's been shared on social media, have the most backlinks, et cetera. And that way, you know, like what content to create and, you know, you can use that data and just create even better content than what's existing. So just in terms of flipping the script around a little bit and looking at things from another way, if you've been selling for a few months and doing the content thing, but you find yourself in a super competitive niche, what can you do to defend against others? Focus on the future, but still focus on the present. So, you know, um, don't do anything that can hurt yourself or that you've already optimized for. And again, it just goes back to the content. I feel like with an e-commerce brand, if you look at the makeup of in the DNA, you have a category page and a product page, which ranks for all your you know, monetary keyword phrases that are going to be high converting. If you want to rank for dog food and you have a dog food category page, that page is going to rank for the keyword phrase dog food and other relevant keyword phrases like organic dog food and natural dog food and those keyword phrases. 
So really the only real way that you can make yourself so different than everyone else to really drive results is through content and getting high quality backlinks to your blog posts or to your resource pages or to your videos. And then those can link to your proxy category pages. So content is a great way for us to follow authority to our proxy categories because as an e-commerce brand, it's hard to get links to you if you just sell products or your retailer products. So, you know, just getting back to it, it's just all about the content, creating new content, engaging with your audiences through social media with your content, developing the best content that's going to have real engagement. You know, it's not just enough just to write a bunch of blog posts and be on a blogging schedule. You want to have real engagement, real high quality backlinks, real social engagement, social shares, people visiting to your content, linking to your content and et cetera. And then, you know, for the people who really want to just focus on site and will not want to develop content on site or external, focusing on usability metrics, A-B testing, title tags for higher click-through rates, you know, and just try and give the user the best experience possible, give them the information they want the quickest because then Google will reward you because of that and place you higher in the search engine rankings. Yeah, for sure. And so you've mentioned keywords and keyword phrases a few times throughout the conversation. And I think this is an area people occasionally get a bit confused about. Can you elaborate on how they should be thinking about these elements when it comes to e-commerce SEO? In general, I use that word interchangeably, keyword and keyword phrase. It's the same thing, you know. And generally, there's like groups of keyword phrases. So if I rank really high for women's heels, I'll also probably rank really high for women's pumps, you know, because they're interchangeable. And then same thing, if I rank for coffee, I'm probably going to rank for organic coffee, natural coffee, best coffee, cheap coffee, those kind of keyword phrases. Um, so generally, like now we're optimizing really for groups of keyword phrases compared to just like one keyword phrase. And generally, even like, you know, we have one client that sells like American flags and he's number one for American flags. But really, that one keyword phrase is only like 1% of his search traffic. It's just so many other phrases that people Google. And I think I saw a stat, which is pretty relevant, that 80% of Google searches have never been searched before, something along those lines. So it's always just really hard to optimize for a particular keyword phrase, but we know if you rank for these you know, highly software keyword phrases, you're gonna rank for the whole other gambit as well, all the other groups and keyword phrases that you could rank for as well. So it's a long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, right? Google wants the user to find what they're looking for. So it would be pretty robotic if they only returned the exact match content and didn't group the results around an entire set of keyword phrases. So based on our conversation and your experience, where do you think the future of e-commerce SEO is headed? Is there anything we should prepare for specifically? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think usability metrics are going to be really key. I know everyone's really hot on the kind of voice search bandwagon, but I just don't really see how that's going to differ that much. Like Google's going to know there's no reason like someone should put like near me tags, text on their title tags, right? So I think like voice search is kind of like, let's just wait and see what happens and then we'll go react to it compared to like, let's try to figure out how to optimize for it now because I think a lot of retailers are probably shooting themselves in the foot trying to optimize too much for voice search. And then also I just can't really see like people using Google Home or Alexa to order products. Like I can't even get my Alexa to like play the right Spotify playlist. And it's not gonna be able to order me a couch, you know? So I'd say like if people want to know where to focus right now, I think usability metrics is going to be really where you know a lot of retailers are going to be able to get a lot of great results. And all that basically means is if someone Googles a uh, keyword search that you're in for and they click on you, Google's going to be able to track that user. So if they leave right away on a bounce, it means that you're going to get a negative score. If they don't click on your listing, your CTR goes down and then Google's going to give you a negative score, right? And then they do that hundreds of thousands of times for that keyword phrase whenever someone searches. So usability metrics be key. A lot of retailers are going to start investing a lot more into UX, CRO, you know, trying to really drive in good customer experiences. I think that's going to be paramount optimizing title tags and descriptions for a higher CTR is really important too. So I think those are the key things that majority of retailers are going to be focusing on in 2018 and beyond. And then I think voice search, once we just know a little bit more about it, you know, will be paramount. 
Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And it's super insightful. And so you've mentioned a few different resources and tools along the way, but are there any others that you'd recommend to e-commerce entrepreneurs? Um, yeah, I, I follow Search Engine Lane, Search Engine Journal, all the regular ones, Brian Dean, Neil Patel, you know, I just follow a lot of industry experts and just kind of, you know, keep in touch with all their content. You know, I love being a part of any roundups for newsletters. I just read a lot of industry. And then I also think about things too, you know, it's like, do we need to focus on this work and provide the most value? And I'm always testing things too, you know, so it's, it's not only a combination of reading things, but also testing, start small. Um, fail fast and then grow those things that do work into bigger experiments and engagements. But yeah, I just follow the standard things that everyone else follows in the SEO industry. So Digital Search Journal, a couple of key industry experts like Brian Dean and those guys. It's just take a lot of time and a lot of knowledge and a lot of reading that I've had to do. And then I do a lot of experiments on my own and read a lot of case studies around from other SEO companies that you know can put in case studies on the website. So just get a look at those as well. Awesome. We'll make sure we link to those sources so that anyone else listening can check them out. So to wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts or words of advice on how merchants can leverage SEO to make more sales? You know, just really get back to like content marketing. It's really key, you know, nowadays. In fact, I'm kind of trying to use even the words SEO less and just more about content marketing, digital PR, buzz. Google's just really smart about knowing what business is popular. And to be honest, the easiest SEO we've ever done are for companies that have really great products. So always be improving your products, your product offering, your services, have a better customer experience because all those things together will help Google know that you're a popular business and reward you for that and raise you in the search and rankings and you get more traffic and sales of customers. Companies that we're working with right now that are coming on, like, you know, a couple of them were just ranking for insane keyword phrases you never think of and they don't have the best SEO metrics, but what they have is a very popular product. They have huge social engagement and Google sees that, you know, 50 or 100,000 people are searching a month for their brand name and they're placing higher search engine rankings for that. So maybe what I'm trying to say is don't stress over all the little things and just really focus on the big picture, the customer experience, the products and those things and all else will take care of itself. Absolutely. And that's an awesome point to end the episode on. Ron, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate having you on. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Commerce Growth Lab is recorded and produced by me. There's no massive team behind it, and so I'd love your help in growing the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can find out more about the show, our guests, and everything commerce-related by visiting our site at www.commercegrowthlab.com. Follow us on Twitter at commgrowthlab, that's com with two Ms, or join the community on Facebook at Commerce Growth Lab. We couldn't do the show without your awesome support, so thanks for listening.